Our topic today is managing requirements using tools and templates. And welcome to this session. Our panelists today are Ankit Padma and myself, Vijay, as your host. Thank you. Hi, Vijay. Hi, Padma. And hey, guys. My name is Ankit Samat. I am a business analyst with Civica UK Limited in working from India. And I have total eight years of experience. Yeah, in a couple of domains, I've worked on projects which have started from scratch, a couple of projects which I've jumped into, which were already into maintenance phase. So that's that's at a high level. Thank you. Sure. So, hey, uh, hello, hi, and my name is Padma, working as a business analyst with uh, Thomson Reuters. I have overall six plus years of experience and uh, as a BA, let it be any phase, my life has been rotating around a lot of G Suite tools and Microsoft tools for gathering the requirements. So, yeah, I will talk about more in the session. Looking forward to talk to you all. So, to our viewers, if you haven't already, please sign up uh, as a member of our BA video series LinkedIn group to watch our past LinkedIn live recordings on various business analysis topics. The topic today is managing your uh, requirements as a business analyst using tools and templates. So in this session, uh, for those, again, for our viewers, um, as a business analyst, uh, you're, as you are aware, we end up to, uh, working with a wide range of uh, templates, techniques, methodologies, uh, when we gather requirements from our stakeholders and working with the engineers and with our implementation team to eventually build solutions that our business, our employees or our stakeholders need at the end of the day. So on, on that note, I think uh, let's kick start directly into the projects, um, starting with uh, Padma, if you want to uh, start off with your project experiences. So, so for me, as I was saying, um, as a business analyst, my life has been rotating around Google G Suite tools and Microsoft Word tools a lot, right? So. The tool that I have used in the past and currently it depends on the uh, stage of the project that I am in. For example, if it is a discovery phase, then I have used extensively the Excel sheets, Google Forms and uh, Word documents, either Google or Microsoft uh, and Word documents. So discovery phase is the phase where um, uh, we will be understanding more in terms of the client, uh, in terms of clients' requirements, clients' problems, clients' vision, and the solution path that they are looking forward to take to, right? So for that, uh, these sheets, uh, word documents, and uh, forms have been uh, used a lot. If it is a virtual connection, it's not necessary that you will stakeholder. You will be always talking to them 24 by 7 directly face to face or uh, via the calls, right? So it's a very um, less amount of time that you find from them. So in these cases, uh, both of us collaborating and putting our thoughts into these uh, uh, these tools have been helped us a lot in clarifying the questions and doubts. At the same time, if the discussion is a one-on-one -on -one discussion, like how we are talking now, then again, uh, converting the entire uh, discussion into uh, the notes and uh, sending it across to the stakeholders, so, so that all of us are on the same page is also very important, right? So maintaining all of this information uh, in the mentioned tools has been helped a lot. If it is a user personas and workflows uh, uh, 
workflows diagrams uh, i have used the tools of word again uh, for defining the per- personas and uh, uh, and uh, mentioning about uh, the persona uh, if it is a workflow i have used the tools like draw.io and i have also used the tools like canva and google diagrams right uh, for uh, let it be a workflow diagram in terms of the state diagram or flow diagram depending on the type of diagram these tools again help us in understanding uh, the business uh, uh, pro- business end users and the problems uh, let's say if the project is in a stage where uh, all of the discovery has been done and we are now in the requirement analysis phase we are working extensively on the features apps and user stories for that uh, i have i was working with the tools like mingle and uh, adivo so i have used mingle in the past and now using adivo let it be uh, the the requirement can be the functional requirement or non functional requirement at a high level but uh, uh, the story cards epics and feature templates and mingle that we have configured uh help us a lot without missing the uh, very minor details of uh, of in any story like uh, let us say when i was um, working for working with one of our client uh, who was in again in healthcare domain so i i have uh, created a template story template which was covering the aspects of what is the context of the scenario, what is the scenario or context of the user story what is in scope what is out of scope what are the risks issues acceptance dependencies and what is user acceptance criteria right so this is one of the template that i have followed in the past which helped in um, uh, with uh, with helping, uh, getting each and every minor detail of the either it is a feature or user story uh, right so this user stories user stories have been used as a proof concept for the developers and testers to perform their uh, development activities and testing activities once both the phases are done uh, now it's in phase of let's say you know demo or scrum showcase or uh, uh, presentation then uh, we were just going ahead with the presentation format uh, talking about what ha- what uh, has been worked on what what we will be showcasing etc obviously for showcasing the uh, work that we have done we have used the um, lower environments uh, right so these these are some of the tools that i have used and i am using in uh, in the past and currently and in the current project so the tools like mingle and adivo which are similar quite similar to jira if lot of us are aware of jira and heard of jira they are very to and they helped us a lot in terms of the uh, project re- reporting aspects as well like um, uh, iteration del- iteration deliverables uh, release deliverables and then uh, scope uh, sc- scope uh, uh, scope number of points and uh, uh, and feedback in terms of how much of feedback we have uh, worked on or covered for a specific release and the team velocity capacity etc so these these um yeah depending on the stage of the project these tools and uh, process has helped me um in uh, managing and maintaining the constant requirements uh, if the tools are like mingle and adivo will be continuously looking at our backlog for the stories and features uh, and uh, we will be iteratively prioritizing them and uh, moving into the 
corresponding priority buckets accordingly must have should have could have etc based on the priority method that we uh, anybody has following uh, uh, for us it should have and could have so the backlog management and uh, continuous uh, uh, requirement uh, management has been done in that way so this is a bit of uh, um, information about how i have been and i am working on the requirement uh, management vijay so i'll i maybe i might share some of my uh, past experiences in in managing uh, requirements using tools i mean again uh, many of the tools that uh, padma you uh, you've used are quite familiar to what i've used as well for example jira uh, we used jira in some of the agile projects that i've worked on uh, we used it for both scrum board as well as kanban board um, so for for the viewers uh, if you're familiar with working in agile projects um, you're either using sprints uh, in which case you're using time boxed sprints uh, which is a technique used within the uh, scrum methodology or you're going to be using uh, uh, kanban boards uh, on the jira tool to track on the task or the backlogs or the user stories um and you could be using even tools like uh, trello which is under the tool for for uh, gathering requirements and keeping track of this like for example i mean excel sheet yes google sheets or whether it's the microsoft excel sheet that's a great tool to use when you're just documenting and i think it's more useful for those who are not familiar with uh, the the online web based tools like trello and uh, and you know a base camp or um jira or confluence uh, so if you got a wide range of stakeholders you would want to use something like uh, excel just because of the portability side of things you know you could be taking all all those requirements and putting it all down in an excel sheet and and copying it into a usb and taking the usb onto a different device right because it could be like Uh, you are always on the move with your excel sheets right so um i think it's in, important to to understand how uh, in what context you're using those tools and templates i think i think there are a wide range of tools out there um but again it depends on the context on how you're using it as well how familiar are your stakeholders with the tools that they're using um do they are they familiar with using confluence or jira or are they familiar with just using the most traditional form of requirements gathering which is excel sheet uh, that needs to be understood of course you can train your stakeholders to use it but what's the bottom line of those requirements the bottom line could be that you're building a solution um and the focus should be more on gathering the requirements and implementing solutions uh, with the user stories so there could be you know it's a give and take when it comes to deciding uh, which tools and techniques you could be using as well when when i'm thinking about some of the some of the t- techniques as well so w- with confluence and and jira it really also comes down to the buy in from your stakeholders that's also very important now you could be introducing these tools and techniques tools and templates but your stakeholders might not quite understand um how to apply those tools and techniques right so what do we do in this context uh, 
for me uh, the tools that i have used extensively are mingle as i was saying and currently the edivo is your dashboards right so both of them uh, are definitely uh, helpful in terms of the story breaking activities and uh, story defining uh, defining the scope of the story activity and what has to be done right so i would say these two are top two they are also they are not only just gathering the requirements right so they are also helpful in terms of reporting purposes which is a very important task and which is um, as critical as gathering the requirements and the third one is uh, confluence like for example if the requirements are uh, driven in a way that they need heavy documentation or once the feature is developed they need heavy documentation let it be to share it with the community or to share it with the end users or to share it with the uh, stakeholders then i think confluence wiki had played an important role over there for me in, in my past journey and jira uh, is something that i have not used in the past but uh, i have used trello boards as you were saying so trello is so easy that let's say if you are having a very a small project like a, a poc kind of thing where you just wanted to try out something quickly and then showcase it and see whether it is working out or not then uh, trello has been uh, go to tool for me like because of its simplicity in uh, creating the stories or uh, boards like the various boards that we use like backlog in analysis uh, currently in development and in qa stages so for that uh, trello Uh, has helped a lot i would say even for the functional let's say if it is a non functional related requirement um there also you would be defining about so this is how the system should behave in this specific circumstances right for example i do not want the page to be loaded beyond uh, one second then it is it is one kind of non functional requirement so it again falls back to the a concept of user story so for that either trello or mingle or radio user story definitely helpful coming back to the topic guys uh, i have as far as requirements and tools is concerned sure. but i have a little bit different opinion when it comes to tools because if you recently look out in the market a recruitment the hrs or ma- recruiting managers they have pretty much emphasis on which tool have you worked on which what experience of which particular tool you have So my what I think is it is not the tool but it is the skill of a business analyst which is helpful in the requirement gathering tool is not something which defines the priority tool is not something which is gathering the requirement tool is just a kind of container where you contain put all your requirements you gather them all in a particular container so uh, the focus is uh, shifting from the core skill set towards more tool based approach but we need to understand that tools are nothing but it it's it does not have its own brain so we are the ones who are actually gathering the requirements and entering so that's what my opinion is and as far as requirements is concerned i basically uh, we have different elicitation techniques but implementation of these techniques is something which each pa has to identify as per the situation he is into so the techniques can be uh, can be implemented in different way in different projects for example if i would categorize into two different sections for a project which is starting from scratch which does not exist and the other project is which is already been started and you have been put into a project from middle of some nowhere and you you have no background of it it's already into development phase Yeah, so the, the, these are two different scenarios and we will be using the same elicitation techniques and same pa techniques but the only thing is the implementation how we implement these techniques that's the key to the success so if i re- if i 
can recap what uh, I'm getting from what Ankit is talking about is uh, the tools are on its own, don't serve a purpose unless there is. So Ankit, I mean, you, you were briefly talking about uh, the necessity of tools and, and techniques, right? Uh, what? what yeah. uh, so, I mean, could you recap what you were trying to, I mean, the, the key point you were trying to make over there? Yeah, so the key point which I was trying to make is yes, tools are important to hold the requirements, but what's the most important thing is the person who is handling that tool. So I've seen recruitment managers and recruiters looking after, do you have experience of this tool? Do you have experience of that tool? But they need to understand at some point of time, the tool is something which can be learned within a day or two, or maybe 15 days or a month, but something, a skill set which we call about requirements gathering, the communication, the interaction, the interpersonal skills which a BA has, that cannot be taught on a regular sessions or that cannot be fed into a particular individual. So that's something he has to develop and that's something which comes up with experience and time. So that's the difference between tool and the skills, a BA skill set, because the tool cannot identify which are the consecutive uh, requirements which are interdependent or which requirement has to be a P1 priority or which requirement is supposed to have a lower priority. So that's something a human a BA defines it. So the phase of shifting importance from a business analyst techniques to tool that is something a not so good experience, I would say. And it it is something which will hamper the uh, project's performance as well in future, if that's going to be the trend which is going to be uh, coming up. That's something I, I would like to say. Tools are good. They are definitely handy. They are good for mapping RTM requirement traceability when we talk about that. That's the perfect way we can handle our requirements. But when it comes to uh, the skill set, the main core skill sets which are going to help us develop a business, that's the business analyst skill sets. Requirement gathering, the elicitation techniques we have, analysis, gap analysis techniques which we have. This is not something which a tool can do on behalf of a human or on behalf of a business analyst. Mm. So we need to understand the difference between the skill sets and the tool. Okay, right. So, uh, and in the in the projects, uh, if you had to point out some of the school, uh, tools that you were using in in your current or your past projects, could you like maybe name the five, top five uh, tools you were using and <coughs> just look at how it's been uh, applied in the in the context of the projects you're working on? Um, uh, I'll go more. from. Uh, low to high, I'll go from. Uh, the first one is ServiceNow I've used. And ServiceNow is good. Uh, it's handy. I started with ServiceNow. So basically, it was maintenance project. So change request and approval process, it was pretty easy over there. Next is HPQC. I found it a little bit more complex, user-friendly point of view, because that application is pretty vast. It's also used by the QA part, QA team as well, for testing purpose, getting screenshots. So it's pretty lengthy, I would say but a little complex when it comes to the BA part. Based on my experience, you guys might have a different experience. And the next one is Jira, which I have used. Jira is pretty handy, useful. And I would say I haven't explored that much. I just worked on it for almost two years. And the first one, the best one, I would say my experience is the one which I'm using currently, Azuru DevOps. The reason I'm saying this is one of the best, the reason is initially when I started a project, it, I started it from scratch and there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And I I, I was I didn't want to create n number of user stories or requirements in Azure and then start sorting out over there. So I started using Excel sheet where I created rough diagram based on uh, from Visio and documented the uh, 
requirements and created user stories user story ids uh, mapping and everything in excel sheet and the interesting part is there were about 180 user stories now just imagine 180 user stories and acceptance criteria for each user story epic and features as well that's a different number so if i start typing those into azure devops that's a that's going to be a tremendous efforts it's going to be take me days so azure devops has a facility it allows you to connect your excel sheet with azure and import it it's within seconds you just you can just simply import everything which is there in excel sheet so your user stories are getting created with priority with acceptance criteria everything which is mandatory which is there uh, as a part of your excel sheet that gets imported into azure that's that's pretty simple i i found it out within seconds it was my entire 180 user stories about 20 odd features and maybe five or six epics which initially i created so it was just transferred in within 5 seconds or something that's that's interesting part over there so that's how a tool is used when you look at all those 180 requirements um, were these requirements validated uh, with your stakeholders uh, did you have to go through that uh, refining of those requirements before putting it onto the yes. with, uh, onto the so right okay Yes, as so, I mentioned, I didn't want to go around every now and then making changes in Azure because it would have been a big task and making a change, changing every now and then. And what happens is Azure logs every single history, even if you change a full stop and make it a comma. That's also uh, taken up as history, and the log history is maintained. And my client wasn't quite so sure about what exactly the expectations were. His he knew what end product he wanted, but he wasn't quite sure about. Uh, how it is going to work what exactly the properties a product should have kind of things so that's the reason instead of running back and forth i started creating a rough models in visio i documented those kind of requirements in an excel sheet and the techniques which i used for requirement gathering were initially an interview session in interview session i actually uh, understood what exactly their expectation is even the client also came to know uh, what exactly they are expecting the kind of more clarity as to how detailed level kind of application they wanted sometimes it's it's not always that your client is clearly about what expectations they have it's simple business statement or a problem statement they come up with so we have to take in more details about uh, based on that problem statement we have to take in more details as to what expectation is how we can uh, make their process more easy and more comfortable from a user friendly point of view so that's something when i started digging in that's the phase when i started the requirements gathering part and after that interview session that we have another technique like questionnaire we send out a list of questions so based on discussions i used to chart down the points which i feel these are the requirements send out it for validation that okay the, the verification these are the things which you are expecting uh, for the business process to improve and your application to have that's a confirmation that okay these are the requirements we discussed please uh, approve this that yes these are something we want and if something pops up uh, after the call that i think that i have missed out to discuss with my client so that's a questionnaire i create a questionnaire and send it along the email so that a time is saved by the time we have scheduled the next call i have the list of questions on my email reply value directly benefiting your stakeholders um, simon if you Uh, have you got some experiences to share on on the templates and tools? Yeah. I sure yeah so actually just listening to all you there it is quite interesting to see kind of the different methods and ways of of gathering requirements and where they're stored. Um because traditionally I started off actually just using the basic excel 
tool and storing requirements and and it sounds quite a basic thing because obviously azure devops and jira offer all those kind of um sort of backlog management prioritization functions and automation and you've obviously got as part of azure devops you've got the the ci cd element um you know and the automation element um but i normally start off gathering requirements in excel first of all and the reason for that is because it's very easy to filter, refine, and prioritize those requirements initially. And as you're kind of saying, VJ, it, it depends on the client and the location that you're at. So at the moment, I'm, I'm working in the public sector, and they don't actually have licenses for those tools. They don't have Jira licenses. Um, they don't have ADO licenses. So it's almost taking it back to basics and we're almost um, in a way forced um, into using Excel um, and then publishing it into, well, I'm working in a very waterfall based project. Um, so a lot of it is traditional documentation, the likes of uh, Word and, and PowerPoint, Excel, um, those kind of things. So a lot of the time, um, unfortunately, you don't have choice in some of the tools that you're using. Um, although, you know, I'd love to be using um, ADO and kind of roll it out across um, the organization, but it's sometimes not not possible to do that. Um, but in terms of tools then, so normally I use Excel in the initial instance to, to gather the requirements. Um, and then what I would do is upload them and import them as Ankit said, um, there's quite a handy function in ADO where you basically import them in. So I would do all of the, um, the kind of, uh, the, the requirements refinement first in Excel, make sure my requirements are nailed first before into going into Azure DevOps because once you import them, I find it is quite tricky to maintain and update those stories in ADO because there are various links out to different features and different stories. So I find it quite hard to update, whereas Excel is a lot easier for that, I find. Um, so first of all, I use Excel then. I then import that into a tool like ADO um, and Jira. Once I've done that, obviously it makes it easy with stakeholders then to just send them the link and say, well, here's the backlog, let's prioritize it together and then basically refine um, those stories um, in ADO or Jira. So that's a lot of my experiences really. I, I haven't used any of the tools like uh, Mingle. That's that's quite a new one that, that Padma mentioned. Um, I'm not sure that's exactly like Jira though for requirements management. I think Mingle's a slightly different tool around refining the the kind of um, the, the product itself, um, I'm not sure. But yeah, so they're the three tools I've used, um, VJ. But yeah, as you said, it, you're, you're correct in saying sometimes those tools are actually um, not available to you depending on the organization you work in. That's what I've often found. Yeah, I've got Simon also on the, on the call, just to double check. Hey. At least in the last uh, few projects, uh, in addition to the obvious ones for gathering requirements, uh, which whether it's Excel or whether it's the web-based tools um, like Jira, Confluence, Mingle, and so on. Um, when I think about requirements, uh, or at least when some of our viewers think about requirements, we, we end up visualizing that these are like a list of items right so it's like just a list of uh, uh, sentences uh, 
that we are we are putting together because we are working with user stories or or if you're not using user stories and it's still a single line to at atomic level enough to to uh, communicate a single P, uh, requirement that can be built into a code, I guess, or or functionality. But uh, at least some of the previous tools that I've used uh, included something like Miro, uh, which is a interesting tool, and and there are a few other tools around that Miro concept, which is basically a collaborative approach to writing your uh, your requirements. Um, you can you can write your requirements and and you can actually see other people inputting it uh, simultaneously uh, the information um, it's not necessarily strict it's not necessarily to the, to the question of whether it's waterfall or agile but if it's it's more about collaborating uh, to uh, uh, together and and then discussing brainstorming what those requirements are going to be in, along with your developers and engineers and QA testers. Everyone are inputting their thoughts and, and brainstorming it together what those requirements are going to be like. And you, you have your customers in this discussion as well. So tools like that are quite, are quite I mean, valuable, uh, regardless of what methodology you're using. Uh, Miro and uh, I can't remember, but there's a, there's quite some open source tools uh, out there that do the same. But it's basically everyone uh, log on to the same uh, Miro board. Let's just use Miro as example. Everyone logs on at the same time. Uh, you can type in the words. You can add, and uh, each of those um, stakeholders are using entirely different computers. They'd be doing exactly what we are doing here. You know. We're coming from different parts of the world. Uh, we're logging on to this dashboard. We're uh, entering our, ent uh, our user stories or requirements. And as we start typing in, the, the person from the other part of the world can actually see it in real time, then entering the data in it, right? And then collaborating and then changing and discussing it from there on. So this type of these types of tools are quite handy when you want to have a much more innovative approach to uh, gathering requirements and having a real-time experience especially in this covid period where people are not in the office and you want have you want to have up-to-date uh, requirements that you can just take it take away and build solutions then and there um, tools that are as collaborative as possible are are quite useful in this context yeah, have you used any uh, something like that yeah Completely, VJ. Yeah, I haven't used anything like that myself. Um, as I say, just ADO and Jira, but I can see exactly where the beauty of that is to have that collaboration and actually be um, inputting uh, simultaneously to certain documents. I know I've done that within Word documents where it's all collaborative and you can actually see the changes as and when they happen. So I can see the beauty of that over something like an Excel document because Excel, I find that you end up with about 50 versions by the end of it and you have to be really rigorous, like the way you're saving them down, you know, it, you don't save them with the name requirements number one, requirements version two, requirements version 3.1.4, you know, and the versioning of that, you know, in files and folders becomes messy. Um, and if you're not careful, you end up with various versions of Excel documents. So I can see like even the things that uh, Azure DevOps and Jira do because they're collaborative and because they're constantly updated that, you know, you don't have to worry about versioning. 
so I can see where that collaboration comes in. Um, I can see the beauty of it just if we take prototyping, for example, where you now have like collaborative prototypes where you send out to business analysts and you say, what do you think of my prototype? And then you can actually go and write on the prototype and feedback your, you know, your opinions and thoughts. Oh, I think this button should be moved from the right to the left. Um, and I can see the beauty of the collaboration, especially in Agile, you know, where you have everyone, all your stakeholders together and all your team together. You know, that's one of the main concepts of, of Agile. So, um, yeah, I can definitely um, see the benefit of some of these tools, um, although I haven't tried them myself, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it's done. The way we use Mural was actually quite interesting as well. It's not just the requirements. Uh, we were using, uh, we were working on something called as the OKR approach to delivering solutions. OKR for our audience stands for Objective Key Results. You have a single objective and you have measurable results tied to the objective. And we would use Mural to keep track of all the all the uh, the objective is is what we're going to be delivering in in the next three months and the key results are measurable quantifiable data that uh, to prove that you know we're going to meet those uh, objectives so we would use mural to actually identify what those objectives are for the next three months and what what the what the key results tied to those objectives are and everyone in the room uh, and by room i mean the virtual room using the you can have multiple pages in, on mural as well so you can have a dashboard just for okrs and then the next dashboard at, at a user epic level maybe and and even more dashboards at a user level and then start collaborating together to identify uh, what are the necessities of those requirements in the next three months granular level of of the requirements list mural is something that i have got introduced to very recently yeah mural is something that i have got introduced introduced to very recently and i find it very interesting especially while we are collaborating uh, on the live uh, even the tools like things live board is also useful which, which uh, we are using recently quite actively with the team not only with the stakeholders I think that is it. But I just wanted to um, have, talk about uh, my experience with ADVO Vijay. Uh, I mean, it could be a collaboration of, of teams as well as Mural to to identify those uh, OKRs. And then we, from there, tie it into the specific. Especially on its export import functionality. For me, um, uh, the work goes like this. As soon as the pieces and tools uh, have been uh, divided, to transfer them immediately into ADO and everything goes into ADO. Uh, let it be a question, let it be an answer, let it be defining the scope or let it be defining what is out of scope or let it be clarifying or defining the user acceptance criteria. All the history lies in ADO itself. There were no multiple places where I was maintaining the requirement. So how I do this is uh, there is a diff there are different phases the story will go to will go through like um, analysis is um, ready to size phase once it is size ready ready to approve phase and then once it is approved ready to phase and during the development it, it would be on active phase and during the QA it would be on in QA phase so these transitions of a user story that dashboard had helped um, had helped me in uh, focusing on just one place uh, while gathering all the requirements from my side, I can definitely talk about Mingle because I have not used Jira uh, in the past or present times. But Mingle is a 
great tool and i would say it is equivalent and it definitely solves the requirements from a ba side also solves the activities that they purpose of that is ba do on day to day basis right so let it be from the maintaining of the backlog from features to epics to stories let it be from the uh, tracking of the user stories into different phases like development qa and uh, ready for qa or ready uh, for showcase phases mingle is a great tool as i was saying let it be from the reporting point of view how much of scope has been delivered for a release how much of scope has been delivered for an iteration how much of backlog is still available in the dashboard or board uh, club board all of that is the third mingle Uh, you can also even have links to external websites, and you can have the history of the user story, whether if the description has been changed or acceptance criteria has been changed or the estimates has been changed. All of it is uh, available handy in uh, Mingle. And important for okay. functionality as well. Uh, uh, gathering requirements, uh, and this is not necessarily tied to the, the tool over here, because gathering requirements. The, the process of gathering requirements differs, I would say, uh, and validation of those requirements differs uh, when you compare Agile to the waterfall method of doing things. Because one of the key things about Agile is that, you know, uh, first of all, there is the opportunity to, to bring in new scope. Um, again, within Agile, it's a question of whether you're using Kanban or XP or or what of um, what are the other Scrum. Uh, again, within Agile, you have the different approaches, right? Like if you had to just compare Kanban vs Scrum, Scrum is time box sprints, whereas Kanban is velocity, ca calculating the velocity on how much uh, you're doing. So you're not time boxing it in that sense. So again, it depends on what type of Agile methodologies you're using to gather the requirements. Um, so the question of whether the documentation, sure, in Agile Manifesto, they talk about um, Uh, people vs process or as a yeah people vs process uh, uh, working software over documentation I can't don't quote me for the word for word of what the manifesto is but uh, it doesn't uh, I don't think one of the confusion here is people think and uh, when you think about agile it's like you know no documentation at all that's not quite if you look at the manifesto that's not quite what they mean by agile they say less documentation and more working software at, or working product at the end of it um, there is still going to be documentation so it doesn't matter what tools you're using you're still going to be using Mira, Jira, Confluence or uh, uh, Mingle or any of the ADO or any of those tools that our speakers have talked about you're still going to use them you're still going to gather requirements it's the question of what type of documentation you're going to be doing uh, when you compare Agile vs the waterfall what type, what level, what granularity of the documentation, all of these count towards um, uh, the end game. So that's what we need to be, uh, I think we need to uh, be specific over there when we talk about documentation in, in agile context. We're not saying we're getting rid of documentation completely. We're talking about the quantity of documentation that we're going to do and wait towards you know how soon we can throw, a, uh, how soon we can bring a version of a, a or release a working product into the market that your customers can add in their feedback and customer data is also important the feedback you get from your customers 
like you can definitely yeah. export all the user all of your log into excel if you wanted to perform any bulk operation in terms of changing the tags or in terms of changing the iteration paths etc that can also be done in the bulk operation export functionality import also can be done so i think all of all okay. of these makes the life of a ba very simple okay great um ankit have have you got experience with the uh, mingle or the equivalent of that is offering the same similar uh not exactly i am i'm not sure how sure. mingle works or i haven't ever got a chance to work on it but uh, as far as jira is concerned yes jira is also a good tool we can have all the estimates and requirements user stories test cases even automation can integrate with jira and logbooks as well so um, reports can also be generated from jira so it's a pretty handy tool and pretty popular in market okay. as well along with right. my point of view on the requirement elicitation uh, uh, between waterfall and agile is bit different so i was or my understanding is that when waterfall model was followed or introduced there were no tools or there were no standard um, definition of process that has been that would have been introduced at that time like for example uh, that whole part of requirements were just maintained in the single documentation and each and every uh, detail of the implementation used to maintain in the documents for example if i want the button to be implemented whether it is a you know radio button or whether it's a normal button or it, whether it's a multiple drop down all of this has to be detailed and maintained in the document itself that's why waterfall is heavy in the documentation now when we moved to the process of agile uh we got reduced to the tools at the same time the process itself like uh that's why the whole of requirement elicitation we we currently do it in adivo or on mingle so there is a less less of work that we do on the documentation there is a less of documentation that we need to do nowadays uh because if if we just need to implement a simple screen what we would do is we would rather define a mock up and then mark it as a required field not required field or the model that client is expecting to once he or she is at the upon okay yeah this is what i want right there is a lesser do- amount of documentation that is involved now i can just simply attach that uh, mock up to the user story and then my job is quite simple right so i do not need to go back to the documentation process i i think my point of view is those tools were not introduced at the time of waterfall that's why everything was heavily documented especially with managing a backlog it's completely malleable it's completely changeable and adaptable and you're always prioritizing it you're always shifting stories and shifting sprints whereas waterfall traditionally yeah is is that much more rigid with rigid deliverables um and set deliverables as well like um scheduled documentation BRDs FRSs it is is non-changeable um in terms of the deliverables whereas that's the beauty of 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 working in agile and using those tools the the flexibility um and agility they provide yes definitely the flexibility which we get in agile is that's pretty helpful because it allows you to change the course of app, application i mean you are delivering one particular functional aspect in one particular sprint so that's something that gives you a flexibility a sense of achievement that yes you have delivered something which is useful to the client and which is delivering value to the client whereas waterfall it is at the end of the cycle we came to come to know what exactly the output is 
In terms of actually elicitation of the requirements, so the first part of your question, I actually find that a lot of the principles and practices that you would use in order to elicit requirements um, are actually the same. So when you're going out to these stakeholders, you're still approaching them all, you're still observing them, you're still gathering their requirements, you're still having those conversations, you're still communicating with them in a lot of the same ways. So in terms of elicitation, you would use the same kind of practices. And I think in terms of agile and waterfall, there isn't really a distinguishing factor where you would go, well, you do when you're in waterfall, you elicit requirements in a completely different way. A lot of the principles and practices of, you know, running workshops, um, you know, having that interaction with stakeholders, making sure you gather their valuable requirements, you would do both in both an agile and waterfall um, project. I think the difference comes between Agile and Waterfall is mainly the tooling I found and also the deliverables. So traditionally in, a, in an Agile project, I would use the likes of Jira or ADO because you've got that buy-in. As Vijay was talking about, you've got buy-in with stakeholders. They've all got licenses. They're all able to log in and interact with those systems. Whereas in Waterfall, I found you tend to use the more traditional tools, the likes of Word and the likes of Excel, because those licenses may not exist. And also in Waterfall, you don't have uh, as much buy-in to those tools because they're used to the traditional ways of doing things, the traditional deliverables um, throughout the life cycle. So in terms of Agile, there's normally buy-in to those tools. And uh, in terms of Azure DevOps, you have the whole CI, CD element, the whole con continuous improvement, continuous development uh, principles, which you kind of build into those tools. And that's only really possible to use in an Agile environment. Um, you couldn't roll this out to, to people who have traditionally worked in Waterfall and go, here we go, here's Azure DevOps, you know, get your hands dirty because they'll say, well, we've never used those tools. We don't embrace those tools. You know, we have different ways of working here. Um, and I found that on a lot of my projects where there are those deliverables in the in Waterfall that ask for Word documents, they ask for Excel documents, and they are the formal deliverables and you can't step outside of those. Um, when I was on the client side, I actually proposed using the likes of Jira and Azure DevOps and I got a lot of pushback for various reasons in terms of security. Um, a lot of these companies are locked down um, to only using um, certain tooling. So that prohibits some of that stuff. So I think those are the main differences in terms of Waterfall and Agile. It's, it's all about that buy-in to those tools and how useful they are for, for the different kinds of projects um, that you work on. So yeah, as I say, we weren't allowed to use those tools, unfortunately. So it's almost forced me to use the likes of an Excel document. Which, which, to be honest, I've, I've preferred up to this point. Um, but I think the beauty you get of all that backlog management and working in sprints in Agile, you would need to use a tool like ADO or, or, or DevOps. You couldn't just use an Excel spreadsheet and suddenly expect product owners to prioritize the backlog um, because it, it wouldn't work. So yeah, that, that's just my, my 2P. Okay. Yes, I, I completely agree to what Simon said. The only addition I wanted to add something is like the topic of less or no documentation. 
uh just one example over here is if we have covered a particular requirement in a sprint a user story has been covered which completes a particular feature and in next sprint or in future discussions the c- customer comes back with a minor change or something a change to that particular requirement or user story what happens is we again log a new user story with those particular change documented in or mentioned in that particular user story now what happens is one particular feature has its details split into multiple user stories which are in different sprints so that's the reason if to have the detail functional aspect documented in one particular functional requirement document i think we should have a functional requirement document or something documented over uh, that's something which i think should be a part of agile agile does not mean absolutely no documentation it means we need to have minimum documentation which specifies what exactly our solution would be i definitely agree with the point of uh, flexibility that is available in agile like uh, that's what we are uh, we are um, relishing a lot uh, in our day to day activities activities as bas now yeah and i do agree with ankit that waterfall is uh, the requirements and waterfall is quite fixed and uh, it's it's not uh, so easy to uh, change the things once it is done yeah absolutely so it is the the rigid vs the flexibility um that that differs your your the way you uh, gather requirements and, and how you use those requirements as well thank you very much uh, everyone thank you ankit padma and simon for uh, joining this session